Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. As the heavens opened over the capital, there's a financial storm brewing. But what's the impact going to be on London's property market for homeowners with mortgages and renters? The Bank of England has decreed the steepest interest rate hike since 1989, with a jump of 0.75% to 3% as it steps up the fight against soaring inflation. This leaves the bank's base rate at its highest level since 2008, keeping more pain on mortgage holders. At the same time, the capital's property owners are being warned that prices in London are set to fall faster than elsewhere in the UK as mortgage rates bite, with the knock-on effect likely to be felt by Londoners who are renting. But the government's not revealing any plans ahead of its autumn budget statement. Here's Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. Today's news is going to be very tough for families with mortgages up and down the country, for businesses with loans. But there is a global economic crisis. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, say a third of the world's economy is now in recession. And the best thing the government can do if we want to bring down these rises in interest rates is to show that we're bringing down our debt. Uh, Families up and down the country have to balance their accounts at home and we must do the same as the government. To analyse the impact of Thursday's unwelcome financial news, we're joined by Laurie McFarlane, a fellow at UCL's Institute for Innovation and Public Purpose. Laurie, how soon will the interest rate increase be felt? There are around 9 million residential mortgages in the UK at the moment. About 20% of them, or just under 2 million, are on variable or tracker mortgages. And so they'll feel the the impact pretty quickly, not immediately, because it tracks the Bank of England base rate. The rest, or around 7 million, are tend to be on fixed rate mortgages. And so for the time being, will be relatively insulated. However, large numbers of those 7 million will be seeing their fixed rate mortgages end fairly soon. So there's an estimated 2 million households that will see their fixed rate deals expire next year, some of them very early next year. And so for those households, they will see a fairly big shock to their monthly outgoings as soon as that happens next year. And just in terms of a a sort of sense of scale, last year, base rates were about 0.1%. They're now 3% after the Bank of England's announcement today. Using a sort of rule of thumb, for every £100,000 of mortgage debt someone has, they'll be paying an extra £1,800 per year uh, compared to last year. So if you're a household with £200,000 of mortgage debt, 
be seeing your payments increase by around £3,600 compared to last year. Are lenders likely to show much understanding for homeowners struggling with their mortgages? Well, it's in lenders' interests to help people make their repayments. Lenders don't want people to default on their loans because that's generally not good for the banks. And so they will do some things to try and help, but they won't do anything that's going to incur significant losses for the bank. You know, they're not charities, they're profit-maximising entities. And so what they can do and, and, and may well do and have done in the past is offer things like mortgage holidays to people or ex- extending the repayment period, say from 25 years to 30 years. It's important to remember, though, that things like mortgage holidays, that doesn't necessarily save people money. It's just a timing thing because it means that, yes, they might not have to pay or, ha- or might pay less for the moment, but ultimately they will have to pay it over time and will have to pay more in interest. It's just a case of sort of spreading the cost into the future. But that can play an important role in providing some short-term relief for households that are struggling. And so I suspect we will see banks start to do more of that, just like they did during the pandemic. What's your view on the likely impact on London's rental market? Many buy-to-let landlords also have mortgages, not not all of them, but substantial numbers. And they will likely also be facing fire, higher interest payments, either now if they're on sort of tracker ones or in the near future. And landlords are unlikely to want to absorb all of that themselves. And so it is likely that in many cases, they will try to pass that on to tenants in the form of higher rents. And there's not much that tenants can really do if that happens. England has some of the weakest tenants rights in in Europe. And so if landlords do want to to put up the rent, uh, there's not much they can do really uh, if, if, if they can't or won't pay apart from to just try and absorb that. And given that rents in London are already very, very high, some of the highest in Europe, people paying 40% or sometimes 50% of their income in rent, while at the same time, their pay packet is being eroded by higher prices elsewhere with inflation. There's a big risk that many uh, in the private rented sector, you know, really just simply will not be able to pay this. And I think there is a risk that we see, you know, a surge of of evictions and and homelessness if we don't deal with this quite carefully. Are there any strategies that renters can use to help protect themselves? At an individual level, there's not a great deal they can do apart from speaking to landlords, speaking to the landlord early if they are struggling, let them know and try and come to some kind uh, of arrangement. And the other thing to do is just to uh, make sure that you know what the, the laws are and what rights you have. There are various organisations that can do that and tenants unions just to make sure that landlords aren't sort of step outside the law. But as I said above, at the moment, there is very little stop landlords sort of jacking up the rent and then evicting tenants if they can't or won't pay. And I think what we need to see is the government take action on this to protect tenants. Because otherwise, as I said, there is a big risk that we will see a spike of, of evictions. Now, there's various things can be done in Scotland. The Scottish government has announced a rent freeze and a moratorium on evictions. That means that landlords can't increase rents at the moment or they can't evict people just to, to get through this crisis. Uh, I think the government could also be doing other things, for example, increasing housing welfare support to struggling tenants. So providing uh, some more welfare to help. Uh, tenants pay the rent and avoid eviction. So I think there's various things that can be done, but I do think we do need to see government recognise this and act earlier before it starts to spiral out of control. Let's go to the ads coming up. What all this means for the government politically? Is it a gift horse for Labour? Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Laurie, can you give us some context about how far we've come with interest rates after they were so low just a year ago? Not long ago, um, it seems like a long time ago now, but interest rates were near zero, the lowest on record, and now we're seeing them increase rapidly to, to 3%. It's worth saying as well that many economists expect interest rates to be going up further, say up to even 5% in the not-too-distant future. Now, there's a number of different things going on here. Part of this is about global factors. So the global economy is opening up after pandemic lockdowns. There's been some real supply chain issues uh, and things like that, pushing up prices which has forced central banks to respond. We've also had things like the war in Ukraine adding to inflationary pressures, particularly on things around energy. And so those are the kind of global factors that many countries are dealing with. There is also UK-specific factors that have contributed to this, particularly the uh, mini-budget by Liz Truss and Quasi Quartang, which uh, saw interest rates on government bonds spike and value of the pound continued to fall quite sharply, making imported goods more expensive and therefore hitting inflation again. Now, the UK government sort of trying to be desperately trying to unwind that, but nonetheless, the impact and legacy of that's still being felt. So we're saying as well, the Bank of England is also actually playing a role here. So just the other week, it began what's known as quantitative tightening, which is the opposite of quantitative easing, which people might have heard it doing since the global financial crisis. And quantitative easing is where the government, uh, sorry, the central bank creates new money and buys government bonds, and that drives down interest rates. And that's partly what helped push interest rates down to a record low. The Bank of England is now selling those bonds back into the market, so doing QE in reverse, which is basically intended deliberately designed to push up interest rates as well. And so the Bank of England is also... Uh, it also obviously has control over the base interest rate. And so what the Bank of England does is absolutely key here. Um, and I think broadly, we're seeing the conditions that contribute to you know, the housing boom over the past decade, which things like zero interest rates, uh, large amounts of quantitative easing, we're now seeing all of that slide into reverse. What's your view on how interest rates can be brought back under control? Well, I think it's important to recognise that the rising base rates in the UK at the moment are, to some extent, a choice that's being made by the the Bank of England. Uh, They are responding to other factors like inflation. But there is an argument, I think, that not all economists agree what the Bank of England is doing. There is an argument which is that increasing interest rates at the moment isn't really the right thing to do because it's not going to curb the kind of inflation that we're seeing, which is mainly coming from the supply side, global factors, energy prices and things like that. Nonetheless, it does come with a significant cost to homeowners, to businesses and everything else. And so the issue, I think, is through the Bank of England's mandate. It has a mandate to meet 2% inflation and it only has a limited set of tools to do so, mainly around interest rates. And so if you've all you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail, if you like. And so the Bank of England is doing that because it has this quite narrow focus on 2% inflation target. And it's going to try and do what it can using the limited tools it's got to do that, even if it causes hardship and disruption elsewhere. And so 
I do think there is a conversation to be had about the Bank of England's mandate. Does it really make sense to be increasing uh, interest rates at the moment at the pace that it's doing so, given the, the, the harm that that's likely, likely to cause? Where does all this leave the Conservative government? Is it an open goal for Labour at the next election? remember what happened when the Conservatives came to power in 2010, that was after the global financial crisis, which they sort of said, oh, this was sort of Labour's fault, all the rest of it. And that played a big role in helping them come to power. So I do think they've got an enormous political challenge ahead, given that they are the party that have been in power throughout this. And given the mini budget through Liz Truss and Quasi Quarting, obviously they're not there anymore, but it was the Conservative Party that did that. And I think people all, all around the country see and know that that really did not help them. And so, you know, they don't need to have an election until 2025. It's not that much time. And I think they've got an enormous uphill struggle. And I do think at the moment, certainly, if you look at the polls, the, the likelihood is that, that we will see a, a Labour government come into power. That being said, when they, if and when they do come into power, they have an enormous challenge in order to try and turn things around because the mess that we're in at the moment is, is yeah, it's quite a challenge. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co. UK. That's the leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum.